This podcast is intended to provide general information about various recent developments in employment law and human resources best practices. Nothing in this presentation or in the comments of Ms. Johnson, Ms. Shannon, or any guest should be considered as the rendering of legal or other professional advice, and it is not directed at any specific cases or circumstances. Listeners are responsible for obtaining the necessary advice about their specific situations from their own counsel. These materials are intended for educational and informational purposes only. The presentation and these materials represent the opinions of the participants and not those of their law firms or companies. No part of these materials may be printed, photocopied, or otherwise reproduced, recorded, or stored, or transmitted in any form and by any means, electronic, mechanical, or otherwise, without the prior written permission of today's workplace podcast. Welcome to today's workplace, a podcast created to keep employers current on the latest employment law trends while providing proactive solutions to the everyday issues arising in today's rapidly changing workplace. Is your business prepared for today's workplace? Let's find out with your hosts, Barbara Johnson and Belinda Reed Shannon. In an earlier episode of today's workplace, we provided guidance on vaccine mandates, including a discussion about the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission's guidance on vaccine mandates and some of the considerations for employers in deciding to mandate or not to mandate the vaccine. Today, we will discuss the significant executive orders issued by President Biden on September the 9th. President Biden announced what he described as his new path out of the pandemic. It's called his COVID-19 Action Plan, and it describes the president's six-pronged strategy to fight the pandemic. Therefore, we're supplementing our earlier discussion to help our listeners understand the implications of the executive orders. These initiatives represent a major escalation in the White House's efforts to increase vaccination rates and signal that the federal government will continue to rely on employers and other institutions such as schools and universities to incentivize and verify receipt of the COVID-19 vaccine. Belinda, how are federal contractors impacted by President Biden's recent vaccine mandate? Well, first, Barbara, um, I'd like to explain what federal contractors are. The executive order released by the White House covers all federal contractors and subcontractors working under federal agreements or solicitations issued after or for which options were extended to be exercised on or after October 15th. So uh, that covers quite a bit of the workforce. The requirements will apply to contracts for services, construction, or a leasehold interest in a property. So if you're doing business with the government on any of those bases, you're a government contractor. And it also covers services covered by the Service Contract Labor Standards Act and um, work relating to federal property or lands or related to offering services for federal employees, their dependents, or the general public. So the requirement doesn't apply to contracts or subcontracts below the threshold of $250,000. 
and it doesn't apply to subcontracts solely for products or employees who perform work outside of the United States and contracts or agreements within Indian tribes. But there's more. So Barbara, can you tell us what other employers are affected? Absolutely. The White House Action Plan also states that the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services will require most healthcare settings who receive Medicare and Medicaid funds to verify that employees are fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Covered employees will include nursing home staff, home health care staff, hospital staff, and staff in other CMS-related settings, such as clinical staff, persons providing services under these types of arrangements, and volunteers. The CMS action will also cover staff that are not directly involved in patient, resident, or client care. And that's not all, is it? (laughs) Even OSHA has gotten into the act, the Occupational Safety and Health uh, Act's administration. OSHA will broadly require all private employers with 100 or more employees to mandate COVID-19 vaccination or at least weekly testing for all employees. Again, OSHA is going to require all private employers with 100 or more employees to mandate COVID-19 vaccination or to at least weekly test all employees. These covered employers will have to provide paid time off for the time that it takes for workers to get vaccinated or to recover if they're under the weather post-vaccination. And according to this action plan, this requirement will impact over 80 million workers in the private sector. So there are lots of questions that remain. The White House has not issued guidance on whether the 100-plus employee count will be company-wide or based on subdivisions or locations. Given the announced anticipated coverage of more than 80 million workers, employers should be prepared for broad coverage based on company-wide numbers. It's also unclear who will have to pay for the cost of the employee testing, along with the, the time that it actually takes to be tested under the ETS. Though the White House did state in part four of its action plan that it was working with industry to make at-home tests more affordable. Another open legal question is whether the ETS will preempt state and local laws that prohibit discrimination on the basis of vaccination status. Employers will need to wait to see the substance of the ETS before determining the rules full effect. But for now, Barbara, what should employers do? Employers should develop policies and procedures for covered employees to submit proof of vaccination and request exemptions if they are available. In addition, private employers covered by the anticipated OSHA guidance will have to implement regular COVID-19 testing procedures for those employees who decline to be vaccinated. Alternatively, private employers can consider avoiding the administrative burdens of large-scale weekly testing required by simply mandating the vaccine where allowed by state law, and also keeping in mind the subject of accommodation requirements. 
employers should always speak to counsel about available options and potential legal pitfalls. So Belinda, what about employers who have already issued vaccine mandates? Well, I think they will need to re-examine their programs and ensure compliance with these new standards. For example, a number of employers implemented vaccination or testing programs earlier this year in response to directives from their state or local government. The federal contractor executive order and announced uh, CMS proposal, however, do not appear to contain the test out option that was commonplace in prior government directives on this topic. So these employers will need to resurvey their workforces to determine who must receive the vaccine pursuant to the executive order and who qualifies for an exemption, if exemptions are available. These announcements are yet another example of the increasing pressure on employers to maintain COVID-19 vaccinations. Employers should continue to closely monitor developments at the federal, state, and local levels related to this issue. In our next episode, we will cover how the accommodations required under the guidance from the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, how they will apply um, with respect to the executive orders, and we'll look at religious exemptions as well. Thank you for joining today's Workplace. You've been listening to Today's Workplace with Barbara Johnson and Belinda Reed Shannon. If you like what you heard, Click subscribe so you don't miss out on future updates and episodes. For more information about today's episode, check out todaysworkplace.com. That's T-O-D-A-Y-S-W-O-R-K-P-L-A-C-E dot com.